Welcome back, Home for All podcast listeners. Oh my gosh, it is so good to be back. For those of you who are new here, I am the ACAR Communications Director, Kelly Moss, and I am excited to welcome you for yet another great season of the Home for All podcast. I can't believe how quickly the summer went. This podcast grew over the summer to include our summer special series, fast lane learning. If you missed those quick 10 minute episodes, be sure to check them out on the website and we'll be sure to link them in the show notes here so that you can uh, get there in, in just one click. So fast lane learning was not the only growing that we did over the summer. Thanks to you guys, our podcast hit over 1,000 downloads. That is amazing. Truly, truly amazing. And we have all of you to thank for that. Uh, Be sure to continue to stay subscribed so that you don't miss a thing. And look for new episodes this season every week. Yes, I said every week week. We've had such a great response to this programming that we've set our sights on a new episode each week that will drop in the wee hours of Wednesday morning. That's more content, more guests, more insight, and more help in growing your real estate business. So don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss a thing. What a better way to kick things off the season than by recognizing that September is Realtor Safety Month. Today, we have two guests in the studio to talk about all of the ways that our realtors and related affiliates even can be safe when they're out on the road doing the business of real estate. Joining me today are Allie Whitley of Remax Crossroads Properties and Joanne Zettel of Elite Sotheby's International Realty. We're going to discuss safety on the job, best safety practices on social media, how to avoid risk when you're on the job and out in the community, using smartphones and applications for safety, and so, so, so much more. This is going to be an amazing conversation. So like we always say, grab your coffee and your earbuds and make this spot your home for the next 30 or so minutes. We're happy that you're here. Our Home for All podcast is a bi-weekly production where we will host interviews, facilitate conversations, and talk about what's happening in the world of real estate. We'll introduce you to the important people in your community and help you learn how to grow your real estate-related business. This is an adult show and some adult language might occasionally creep into the conversation. So let's move forward and find out what makes Northeast Ohio the best home for all. Welcome, Allie and Joanne. It's so nice to have you both here with us in the studio today. Um, Would you each like to introduce yourself and tell the listeners how long you've been in real estate? Allie, would you like to go first? Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Allie Whitley. I am a realtor with Remax Crossroads, and I've been licensed for 25 years. I am happy to be the Ohio Realtors Treasurer this year, and I've been selling residential real estate and teaching designations nations and certifications for years and so happy to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Joanne. Thanks, Kelly. I am Joanne Zettel. It's my pleasure to be here with all of you this morning. I am the principal broker for Elite Sotheby's International Realty, licensed for 37 years, um, as well as managing the office. I do 
and I am involved in listing and selling properties. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you both here today because we're going to talk about a lot of things, but the fact that you're here to kick off our, our fourth season of the podcast is just incredible and that we're kicking it off with Realtor Safety Month in September. So, so you know, Workaday Realtor spends their days and nights out showing properties and going on listing appointments and inspections and all of the stuff that you guys do out and about every single day. Do, do you guys feel like most realtors have a safety plan, like either in their head or put in place when they go out the door in the morning? Personally speaking, um, I'll start there. I would say the answer to that is no. Okay. I think that you've touched on something that um, about our business that really is so multifaceted that safety probably isn't on one of the top eight or nine things that we think of during the day because our concentration is delivering that phenomenal service to buyers and sellers. Sure. Um, I do think, though, um, having a realtor safety month and then putting the emphasis on that and then taking the courses that we offer are something that's really important so that when you're in a circumstance that feels uncomfortable to you, that you have something to go back and rely on, that you that instinct that starts to kick on then kind of connects with some of the knowledge that you have gained from some of the courses that you've taken. Yeah. Allie, what are you thinking? I, I agree with Joanne. And I think that I would love to say that we all have the perfect safety plan in place, but I think that we get so comfortable. We're comfortable in our neighborhoods. We're comfortable in our jobs. We know what we're doing. And that gives a false sense of security that we're always safe. And so we want to please people and we want to service our clients and make sure that we're doing everything that we can for them. And sometimes I think we don't focus on the safety piece of it. And it is so important. And it really truly is because in the world that we live in today, you would love to be able to think that it's like the old days where you could leave your, you know, your door open when you went to bed at night. And that's not where we are right now. So I think everybody has to at least have a little bit of some, some idea of what they should be doing to keep themselves safe as they go out in their everyday activities, even most, especially with the kind of work that you guys do. So when thinking about a realtor's personal safety, when they're they're out on the job, what are some things that realtors may not consider that would make them vulnerable, I guess? Um, some things, obviously, you know, they just seem obvious, I'm sure, um, but we should probably talk about them nonetheless. So so what are some of the things that 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 automatically put a person in that is a realtor in a vulnerable position? Well, I mean, obviously, we're going into vacant houses. We are um, allowing people to know where we're going to be for an open house. And, you know, we say, please come visit me at this vacant house in the woods and (laughs) I'll be completely alone from three to five on Sunday. Um, But, you know, really, we're always busy and we are always going to the next appointment. Sure. And when we're doing that, sometimes we're not paying attention to our surroundings. So we might be heading to the next appointment and we think, okay, as soon as I park the car, I'm going to do these three emails or, you know, check a text. And when we do that, we're not seeing who's coming around and who's walking, 
near us. Yeah. So just taking the time to think um, for a, a, just a minute, you know, what are my surroundings? What am I walking up to at this new, you know, vacant house? Um, and and being aware of what we're doing is one thing that I think we can really help to highlight our safety. I agree. I feel like, you know, you're so good at what you do and it's it's just like second nature. Well, yeah, I'm going to go here and I'm going to check my email and that's all there's going to be to it. And I, you know, I'm not worried about the creepy person that's standing outside my window knocking on the door. You know? And we're people pleasers. So, sure. So the thought of someone calling and wanting to see a home, that's exciting. Sure. You know, you're going to meet someone new and you're going to have the opportunity to help them and you want to help them. So that excitement, you know, it doesn't allow us to take that second, as Alec was talking about, to just step back and say, you know, what potential situation am I entering into? Right. And is it a good thing? Um, you know, we like to look at the happy side of of all that happens within our business and not necessarily that there is that side um, that that isn't, you know, or, or could put us in a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah, there have been things, you know, I'm sure that our listeners know, you know, you watch the news and you see what happens when, when we get so excited and we're, you know, concentrating on this thing over here and not paying attention to what's going on over there. So. And it always happens to someone else. Sure. So that's, that's just kind of human nature to think, well, that's those people right. and that's not me. Right. So we have to be careful of our vulnerabilities and, and make sure that we're aware of what's going on, you know, not just necessarily in the car while we're sitting in it, but what's going on outside of the car. And yeah, you know, I, I think oftentimes we, because we are people pleasers and because we want to encourage the buyers in this big transaction that they're nervous about, we can sometimes rationalize um, why someone is acting in a way that would not be sure. you know, the best way to act. Sure. Um, so if someone comes to us and they're and they may be nervous about this new purchase, right away we go into encouragement mode. Absolutely. Versus really taking an assessment of how we feel, you know, is the, uh, you know, are you feeling something in the back of your neck? Like, Oh, this may be not right. Or, right. You, you know, you feel a little tingly and say, Oh, I need to be careful right now. You, we rationalize that because yep. we want to encourage that person to have a great transaction and to be happy. And sure. Sometimes we need to pay attention to really what we're feeling in our gut. Um, and I think that would be better, you know, and, and like Joanne said, it is, the other person, you know, that always happens yeah. to somebody else. And unfortunately, it's not always somebody else. Right. It could be one of our, it could be ourselves. It could be our friends, our colleagues. Right. Um, we need to be concerned with that. I agree. So let's talk about the the issues with social media currently. So it's social media is everywhere. Everyone uses it. It's how realtors promote listings and advertise their expertise and look for new clients. Um, so with that in mind, what are some of the best practices that realtors should think about when implementing their safety plan when it comes to social media? Social media is is tough because we want everybody to see us, right? And sure. we want to connect with everyone on social media. That is what we want to do. Uh, but if we 
share too much, sometimes that can make us unsafe or have our families be unsafe. So if we are sharing every single minute of our day where we are, um, just checked into my office, you know, where my office is, what times you're getting everywhere you're getting, that could be a danger for you. Because now, it, just within a few days or a week, someone can watch your every move right. and kind of know where you're going to be and, and when you're going to be there and when your house is going to be empty yeah. and when you're your kids are going to be home alone, you know, those kinds of things. So that is something that we need to consider. Um, certainly, we want to make sure that we are sharing the good news about real estate and sharing the successes of our clients and, you know, some of ourselves as well. But we also want to do that in a way that we can be cognizant of, you know, our safety and our family's safety. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Do you, do you think that that... Do you feel like realtors in general share too much of that or not enough of that or kind of are I, I feel like everybody's kind of gotten the the gist that wow I probably shouldn't be putting, you know, I'm here at five, I'm here at six, I'm here at seven on their social part. Cause I feel like even just lately I've seen more of this is under contract, this is sold, not necessarily where they're going to be. I, I feel like people are I, learning. I, I do. I think there is a trend for um, us to kind of understand that social media does have a dark side to it. Yeah. And it does have that ability to expose us to um, elements that would make us unsafe. Um, so I do see more of a trend of us moving to having a more professional side of talking about the business, the industry, right. um, what's happening with our successes um, and, and using social media in that manner. So let's talk about what it means as a realtor when you're out there to trust your own gut and trust your own instincts when, when you're with a client. Does, if you're in the middle of a, of a, a listing appointment, let's just say that. If you're in the middle of a listing appointment, and your gut tells you something's going on, what do you do? That's an important question. And, and Allie touched on that earlier, that you do have to trust your instincts and you can't start to rationalize, you know, why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. And when you then need to stop and focus and look inside is to say, why am I feeling that way? And start to look at the surroundings in a very different manner. I agree. I think that, I th I, you know, you, you're all growing up, you're taught, trust your gut, trust your, and I think that's good advice all the way around. Because obviously, if you're feeling a little off about a situation, there's a reason for that. And I have to start, I think, when you're arriving at the appointment, where are you parked and why are you parked where you're parked? Right. For example, I don't park in the driveway. And I do that for two reasons. One, I believe it's a safety issue that I do not want my car blocked in on a driveway. And then I also think it's a customer service right. um, at, you know, you know, practice in which I allow the client who I'm meeting at the house to be able to have the easiest access to the property. Absolutely. So I, I think there are little things that if they become habits, 
that um, if I am checking my email in the car, my doors are locked. I I'm, um, am not making sure that I'm parallel parked between two cars. Sure. So, so there are just things that have become habit over time. Yeah, I think if you're going into a house uh, to show a house or you're doing an open house, consider what where the doors and windows are and which ones are locked and which are unlocked. Um, if you are near the front of the house, perhaps that's the door that's unlocked and, and you don't have a back door that can be accessed easily that's right. unlocked where someone could come in and surprise you. Right. And and those are things you know to pay attention to. And, and you mentioned um, trusting your gut trusting your instinct. Trusting is one thing and then acting on it is another thing as well. So trust it and pay attention to it and and do something about it. So if you realize this is not a normal feeling that I would typically have, there's probably a reason, you know, that I I don't feel the normal excitement of going into this listing or going into this open house or, you know, something is telling me that something's off. Right. Pay attention to it and then do something. Right. Leave the house. Leave the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go outside. You know, if this isn't right, go outside right. and you know get out of that situation and and we also have to remember if we're in the middle of a listing appointment and something's just not right um I have been in a situation where a person is just too close. They're getting too close. They're asking me to go into the basement. You know, yeah, areas that's that, another no no. Areas <laughs> that would not be that could be concern. You sure. know, a, a cause for concern. Um, what we need to realize is that people pleaser part of us needs to kind of take a back seat yeah. and we need to focus on what needs to happen now as far as the safety. And I'm sorry if it's going to upset the other person, but you know what? I'm going to go and I have to excuse myself. Something's come up. Right. And I need to I need to leave the situation. Sure. Because the most important thing is your safety. And the most important thing is getting back home to your friends and family and and not this particular listing. So we do absolutely want to service every client and make sure that everybody is sure. happy with our service and and give show our expertise. We also want to get home safe. But the you know the the bulk of your clients are going to understand why you don't want to particularly go into a basement or into a small bedroom that's you know you can't get away from. The, they're they're going to get that people that people that you're seeing out and about at a listing are going to understand that you're you're it's yeah. self-preservation in some cases you know do it's you, that do you know what's interesting though because they don't have that perspective many times they also don't see that concern really so for instance wow. i was uh, meeting with a, a buyer and this was years ago and i was going to be showing homes and i hadn't been out very many times we had met and then we were going to go see homes the first time um i would tend to drive alone and have the buyer meet me at the homes. We had a blizzard that morning and a few of the sellers canceled. Right. A few of the sellers said, you can try to make it up our street, but it's going to be tough. And the the buyer said, well, I've got a four wheel drive truck. You just drive with me. And I said, you know, thank you. I think we should reschedule. And he's pushed 
again. Now, I had not met with him. I had met with him in person, but had not shown him any homes. Right. Um, and he pushed. And I said, no, I'm sorry. I, I think it's best if we reschedule. Several of our showings have canceled. And then finally, he, you know, the third time he said, no, it'll be fine. And I explained that I tend to drive myself right. and I allow the buyer, you know, to drive. We haven't driven together. This is a safety concern. And immediately he stopped he apologized. He said, that is not my focus. I would have never thought of something like that because that wasn't, he, he didn't work in that type of field. No. And so he didn't, so didn't he didn't really see it. So sometimes it's just a matter of explaining, you know, as um, a safety precaution, I drive myself, I meet with the clients there at the sure. home. Uh, and, and this is something we're going to have to reschedule. So. And do you, do you feel, Joanne, do you think that, that that is a good, because I believe that's a great technique that, that, you know, you didn't back down. You didn't, when, when Allie was telling that story, I, I was thinking, oh, she's going to, she going to say that she, she finally relented and went or not. And that it's great because perhaps it, it, I guess I just assumed maybe because I'm in the business I'm in that if I'm looking at a house and it, if Joanne and I were in there and I said and she stayed at the front and said, go ahead and go on through and I'll meet you back here. I would understand why she was doing that, but probably because I'm with realtors all the time. It, I don't know that the, the you know, our buyers and sellers do understand that. And I agree with Allie and, and, and had a situation in which there was a gentleman that the only time he could meet, and this was in the fall when it got dark early and it was the vacant house at the end of the a dead end street. And we continued to try to find a time that would be convenient. And it was always sort of at dusk. And I had explained to him that I would be able to meet him at that time, but I would um, have someone with me Sure. as a result of the time of day that we were meeting. And um, he got out of the car with his mother. So, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, when he saw that someone else was sitting in the car, he, he did say to me, I understand why you were so hesitant to meet me. Yeah. Um, so I, I would agree with Allie that explaining that sometimes does, um, you know, alleviate pressure on both sides. But when you do trust, when you are trusting your instinct, when you are in already in the situation, you do have to act upon that. You, um, I remember driving to another property, similar situation, vacant house um, at dusk. And as I was driving there, I was getting scared. I was scaring myself on the way there. And when we got to the house, I parked my car in such a position and I went to the house and I unlocked the door. And when the buyer came, he was alone and I was a afraid to get out of the car. I stayed in the car with my cell phone up to my ear, telling him that I was on a car on, on a, a phone, phone call, call and that he could go into the house. I never got out of my car. Yeah. So see, you're that again, it's your gut. Your gut and was telling it may have be been a buyer. He may have bought that house. It wasn't going to be with me because that was past my comfort level. Yeah. And I get that. But you mentioned something. Um, uh, open houses and vacant properties that, you know, vacant properties, most especially, I guess, probably um, they pose another uh, another opportunity for for risk. Um, so what I guess what are what are realtors taking as a precautionary measure when it comes to that these days? Because I know that sometimes 
you know, open houses are used for uh, as a vehicle for more business. So to have someone be at an open house with you, maybe not ideal because then it, it there's, you know, murky when, when new clients come in. So, so how do you guys handle that? Do you do open houses on your own or is that a tandem situation from someone else in your, do y'all go with someone else in your office or, and, and with vacant properties too? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I did mention open houses and I, I know that many people are pulling back on the, you know, the open houses that they do. I think that we're going to start seeing more open houses going into the fall um, and into the winter with the change in the market. Sure. But, you know, many times we look at open houses as an opportunity to gain uh, business and meet new clients. So we do need to talk to our sellers about that because it poses a potential risk in the home. Sure. If we have several people coming through, we want to make sure that we're able to secure the property and, and keep everything safe there. Certainly we also want to keep our own personal safety at mind. I do believe that you can do an open house tandem with another person from your office and you can work out any plan that you want to work out ahead of time. So I don't think it'll get murky. I don't think that that could be a a problem with that. Just work it out and have a game plan with your associate before you go to the house and how you're going to work through that if there's potential clients that come through. But that would give you another level of comfort if you had someone with you, I would think. And someone should know where you are. Sure. You, You should have a buddy system and someone should know what your appointments are for the day. Um, be at the office, you know, receptionist or assistant or a significant other or a coworker. Someone should know when you leave for an appointment where you are and what, how long you expect to be gone. Right. Um, and sometimes you could always ask for that person to call you. So do a check in. So and I'm assuming that you guys both do that. You have people in your offices who know where you're at and all of that. So I would recommend to our listeners that if you don't have somebody that's in your office that knows where you're at, you probably should have someone. Um, You know, it's interesting, you know. We have here at ACAR, we have a master calendar. So everybody kind of knows where you're at, no matter what. And and we are not out and about like you all are. And, and people still know where we're at. So um, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, clients, specifically, I guess, sellers. What suggestions do you both um, make to your sellers as they're preparing their properties to show to avoid any potential risk situation for them? Um, as part of, um, you know, that initial meeting with the seller and talking to them about preparing their home to go onto the market, we, you know, the fun part is to talk about the staging and, and sure. they, and, and you love that part of it, but there has to be part two of that, which is that we do have strangers who are coming into their home and they do have to prepare their house for those types of showing. So anything that is of value, they need to be able to pack and secure, you know, and then there also is that any of their medications have to be oh, gosh, stored. I didn't even think about medication. And wow. that needs to be part of our presentation to the seller because if someone comes there with the intent of taking something, they will succeed. Sure. Um, we are not that good. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I that, that didn't even medication didn't even occur to me. 
I mean, I'm thinking, okay, you lock all your stuff up or whatever, and perhaps put away anything that might be breakable or, or such, but yeah, wow. That probably happens more than I would like to imagine. Correct. Agreed. Well, I absolutely agree. And I'm glad that you mentioned the medications because that's something that I think a lot of realtors, you know, might forget to mention. And some sellers do not consider that at all because they are living their daily lives in their home and they're going through their daily routine and their medication sits near in their kitchen or near their bedside and they don't consider that. So absolutely that, Um, you know, they're, they're living their, their lives and they take their watch off and they put it on their nightstand and they, and some Sometimes it sits there and I've come in and found rings and watches and cash on, you know, the dresser on the nightstand and they didn't even think about it because it's a normal, you know, way of doing life in their own home. Sure. But now we're in introducing this additional element of, you know, strangers coming through and showings and it could be something as simple as. A, a kid walking through and seeing this pretty ring and wandering around with it and it falls under the couch somewhere yep. in, in the house. And it can be something that, you know, is more, um, you know, a person plans to well, go in and, and steal. But sure. in any case, we want to put it those things It could be completely away. innocent. Absolutely. It doesn't matter, but it still could end up, you know, yeah. <laughs> misplaced, shall exactly. we say. So... Um, so meeting new home buyers can be one of the riskiest aspects of your job because you don't know this person who's calling you up and saying, Hey, I'd like to buy a new home. Can, when can you meet with me? Can we meet in a deserted park (laughs) now? Um, Right now. (laughs) So, so what are your thoughts on safety when it comes to a potential home buyer that has, has, you know, reached out to you and said, I want to meet you. Where can we meet? When can we meet? What what would you recommend is the best way to do that? Well, um, you know, being an office manager, I have an opportunity to be able to talk to the agents that are affiliated with my office. And we talk about slowing down the process and um, taking a step backwards and actually having a um, script that you would go through with that buyer on the phone in order to be able to get some potential information from That's them. That's a great idea. Um, and the state of Ohio does require us to to um, present the consumer guide. And I, you know, we talk about really presenting that very early on into the conversation. And as part of our practice with the consumer guide is obtaining their name, phone number, and email address. Right. So at minimum, before you leave to go to the property, although you might be able not be able to do a buyer's consultation depending on the situation, at least you have a phone number and now you have an email address. Right. You could email those documents to the buyer and then we have forewarn that you could use to um, look up that phone number. Right. Is that forewarn part of your practice, Allie? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I also do a buyer consultation. So I sit down with them. Uh, Typically what I do is we start the conversation on the phone, but I bring them into the office and we sit down and have a buyer consultation because we want all of our buyers to be prepared and we want them all to be successful. And so we go through the steps of the process because many people don't know what that process looks like. And even if they've purchased before, they don't know necessarily what that process looks like in any given market. Right. So I sit down with someone in person 
prior to. Now, on occasion, there have been times when we can't sit down with them in person. So I do that by our consultation on the phone or a face-to-face on a Zoom so that we can at least get eyes on each other and you know have that conversation so that I can understand that the buyer knows and understands the process. Right. If someone does not want to go through the process or does not even want to have that conversation, that's going to set up a little red flag. Yep. It could be that they're anxious to get into a property because they're afraid that the property will um, sell. Sure. But at least we need to have that conversation. We need to get the consumer guide presented and make sure that they understand that. Gain you know, their name, their first and last name, an email address, some sort of contact information. And then uh, Joanne mentioned Forewarn. So and yeah, I, let's talk about Forewarn a little bit. Yeah. Um, tell me how that's helped you guys. I mean, what, if, what has it done for your business with relationship to being safe, I guess? Yeah, I I have really um, been happy to be able to use that and, and happy that ACAR brought that to us. When, when I get a call from someone who I don't know, and oftentimes I work with clients that I do know. I work with sure. past clients and referrals from past clients. But because of the way that we advertise and because that we want people to notice us and contact us, we may get calls from people that we've never met before and we don't know. And so an odd number comes up that I don't have in my phone, then I want to, you know, I answer the call, but I want to check, is that person on the other end of the line the same phone number or or the same name um, as the phone number in Forewarn? And so that helps just to give another layer of, yes, this person on the other end of the line is giving me their accurate information um, and it and allows me to you know feel more comfortable meeting with them and also I let family members know where I'm going to be and so then I can also indicate this is the person that I'm meeting with right here's the contact information right and then absolutely I can, you know share that in my notes so what it, you, can you get, can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about like what other kinds of information you can get with using that Forewarn app? When you pull somebody's, so if you put my phone number into Forewarn, what will you get? Um, I think that there's probably um, some conversation as to when and how we do use mm-hmm. Forewarn. Um, it is, um, you know, we're given the privilege of having that background information through a phone number. Sure. And I would hope that we are keeping that and using that for work purposes. Oh, absolutely. So um, when you are looking up that information, you will get a variety of different things. You will get other phone numbers that may be attached to that, other names that are attached to also the phone good. number, addresses. Um, you also find out how, how many speeding tickets. Um, oh, my. Okay. Well, don't be looking my phone number up now. Okay. I think as realtors, um, we're all, we, we probably all have that under our phone number. Okay. Um, you will also see um, court cases evictions. Um, Interesting. Okay. What what else is... I look, and and I think it is important to note that there is a level of, um, they'll say this is most likely to be accurate or there could be a level of, you know, inaccuracy. I looked up myself recently because, well, because I I want to see how it works, you know, so I looked at myself and I did find that there is another person with my phone number um, that had given my phone number as 
as something. So there's another name. And that is not, it is not an alias. It is not okay. me. And it, it really um, highlighted for me why I was getting calls for that person. And I was saying, you have the wrong number. Well, that person's number, name is attached to my number somehow. So there is going to be a level of, you know, some level of inaccuracy. So yes. we need to be, we need to be careful with that. Yeah. With that. Uh, but it is important. I think it's important to be able to use it and, and at least verify who that person is on the other end of the phone that we've never met before. Right. I will tell you that I had use for it um, with a a friend of mine who was moving in to the area. And prior to contacting me, uh, they had decided that they wanted to rent. They were not going to purchase yet. And they had looked into something online as they were considering moving sure. here. Well, the the person that was advertising a rental started asking for confidential information, social security numbers. That's a red flag. And my friend reached out to me and said, what do you think about this? I said, first of all, we should have talked ahead of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now that we're here, what is the phone number that you're getting, you know, yeah. for, for that sure. ad that you called? And the phone number did not match the address, did not match the county. I was not able to find a person with that. Thankfully, we were able to stop that conversation so that there was no fraud sure. um, happening or potential fraud. But they were asking for Social Security numbers and deposits to be sent and so forth. And and so we should watch, you know, those kinds of things. Well, I think, Kelly, some of the information that it does give you allows you to start to connect the dots. Yeah. So as Allie had said, not all the information is or may be accurate and, yes. and and it is marked as to whether they think it's likely or or highly likely and um then then you could listen to the story on the other end and see if some of that starts to connect with the information that you sure. had seen on forewarned sure so it is one tool that's available to us that is extremely useful in our business practices so not only to to keep us safe but to also then you know, have a little bit deeper of an understanding of that potential buyer or seller that we may be working with. Absolutely. Especially, you know, when you're, you know, you guys were talking, you know, obviously you get referrals and friends and that, but when you're, it's a perfect stranger, Correct. you know, maybe, maybe that little bit of due diligence is going to, you know, help out. So, so just with added to your checklist, right? Exactly. Yes. So, um, I guess a, a thing I should probably mention right here is that ACAR does provide forewarn as a member benefit to our realtors free of charge. Um, and it does provide knowledge and prior face-to-face type engagement with the consumer so that realtors can help better assess if there if there's any risk involved at all, you know, perhaps potential risk. Um, so I will have, uh, be sure that you check the show notes. There will be a link in there uh, at where you can fill out the information if you're an ACAR member and, and get signed up for forewarn. So what would you recommend to realtors who are working in their car for long periods of time? Um, I, I'm thinking, I guess, in my head, I'm visualizing when I looked at this question a little deeper for for myself, I was like thinking to myself, OK, do they park in a parking lot or do you go into Panera or how does that work? Or what what do you rec- recommend as like safety version of working out of your vehicle? We do all of the above. <laughs> 
Um, and, 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 and sometimes that, that, you know, it's a beautiful day. You're thinking you kind of want to go to like a more of a secluded spot. It would be nice. You could want to put the windows down and get some fresh air while you're in between appointments or, you know, m- sure. m- maybe having, um, you know, that to go lunch, um, in your vehicle. Um, I've been known to have a French fry or two, um, in between the seats, um, <laughs> while I'm checking email and, um, you know, returning phone calls. But I do think that that kind of goes back to some of the other things that we've talked about is that you have to check your surroundings and, and where are you and are your doors locked and can you be approached or can you be blocked in? Um, You know, are you leaving your car doors open so that someone could open and, and, and just take your, your purse and, or a laptop or those types of things? Absolutely. Yeah, my kids, my kids laugh at me because in my car is pretty much everything we need to survive. <laughs> okay. Um, we have, they laugh because I'll have a bottle of water and almonds and an emergency fork in the uh, glove compartment because we always might, you know, we may need that. You never know. Um, but truly, truly emergency socks in case you need to walk <laughs> into a home and you need to take your shoes off. Yep. Um, but, but really, we need to be concerned about where we leave our purse where we leave our iPad or our laptop, um, our bag, if we leave it right on the side seat, you know, the, the passenger side seat and jump out of the car, is that tempting for someone to want to break into the car? Uh, Where are we parking is a concern as well. Are we parking in a dimly lit location or are we in a parking lot that has um, lighting so that when we're walking back at night, late, we're not walking back into the dark? Correct. Um, So just those types of things that, you know, I think we need to think about. And, And the fact that we're on the road a lot, we need to think about the safety of our car as well. So I have a a portable tire, and I call it a tire pumper upper, um, a tire inflator, I guess. The technical term. Yes, the technical term. But I have that in the back. Um, We have jumper cables. We have chargers for our phones. You know, all of those things we should think about when you leave the house in the morning. Are you coming back at nine o'clock at night or are you going to be able to come back sometime in between? So I pretty much have everything I could possibly need or anyone else could possibly need throughout the day. So I always and, prepared for Armageddon in her car. <laughs> so we know and, that and I now. have a triple A membership. <laughs> always good. Roadside well, assistance. Right. Always Some of these good. newer cars, there's not a spare. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, so I, um, part of my business expense is the triple A membership. So I could lock myself in the car yep. and um, make that phone call. And the first question they ask you is, do you feel safe where you are? Right. And when the answer is no, then you know, that's a higher priority for them. And I have said that before when I've been broken down, I do not feel safe where I am. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes even I know with AAA and I know with uh, roadside assistance for some of the insurances, if they ask you that and you say, no, you don't feel safe, they will immediately send a police officer like to stay with you until the tow truck or whomever can get there to handle it. Or Allie, maybe she'll come (laughs) help you. You know, I'll have the tire. She'll have the tire pumper upper. So (laughs) (laughs) Well, as time runs out for us today, I have one more question for each of you. And um, Allie knows this because she's been on our podcast before. But um, so we asked this of all of our guests. So I'd like to know what the the expression home for all means 
to each of you personally, because this is the Home for All podcast. Um, we do like to ask that question and 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 kind of get a grip, a feeling for what it means to you as a as an individual. Uh, the, the home for all is to me brilliant and it, and it evokes an emotional response to me. Um, it, it, um, I love the fact that we are able to assist anyone who wants to have a home that we are dedicated to making that happen. So we are dedicated on, on, on several levels. And, you know, to touch on two of them is that, you know, the practitioners who are there, you know, working with buyers and sellers with their home, and then all of the things that go behind that, including, you know, what we do legislatively, and then what we do for our communities. Right. So it's very all encompassing. It, it warms my heart. I love that. That's yeah, awesome. home, home for all for me means that someone can feel uh, warm and safe and welcomed in their home where they live and in their community, and um, just that it that it welcomes everyone in. Wow, those are I love those answers. So it's it's so interesting to me how different yet how much the same everyone's answer generally is when I ask that question. So it's, it, it, it's amazing. So I want to thank you both for coming on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. And, thank you. Um, would you like to each share your contact information so people can reach you? Sure. Um, cell phone, just what we talked about. <laughs> um, this is Joanne, 216-409-1328. Awesome. Allie? And I can be reached at 330-808-4680. And our listeners will also be able to find your contact info in the show notes. So wrapping things up for this week, I hope that you all took notes and will continue to be safe out there as you're conducting your everyday business. I want to thank our listeners for downloading and subscribing to the ACAR Home for All podcast. I want to thank our guests today, Joanne Zettel and Allie Whitley. And be sure to check back with us next week for our next episode. And I hope until we meet again, that you are finding your very own meaning of home for all.